Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth, we invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze. Zach, we made it. Oh my god, we made it. We made it. Are we this is our uh recap episode of season one of Buffy yes. the Vampire Slayer. Zach still has given me exactly zero feedback on what he wants the episode to be actually named, so you'll see that in your pod feed. Oh yeah. Whoops. Whoopsie poopsie. That's the name right there. Whoopsie poopsie. Whoopsie poopsie. Zach, do you want to give a little uh, summary of what we'll be talking about in this episode? Why, certainly. Here are some segments uh, that will be coming up in this recap episode of No Name. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about what it was like to rewatch it for the pod. Uh, we'll discuss the arc of the season uh, and the covenant. We'll sure. discuss key characters, standout episodes, both good and bad. No, teacher's pet looking at you for bad. Uh, is this Spoilers. show groundbreaking? Question mark. Is it worth a rewatch? And we'll talk about our overall season rating, gay themes, the gayest moment of the season. Yes. And then towards the end, we're going to have a spoiler discussion where we talk about uh, the series as a whole, but we'll definitely give you plenty of warning for if you are a person who's watching out for spoilers, when to duck out for that. And then... The very last thing will be reflections on the pod itself and talking about uh, how we feel it's gone and directions we might take it. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe we finished the first season. Yeah, I know. It's It, <laughs> it really feels like we just started. I know, right? And I mean, I, it's only season one, but mm-hmm. also season one is the shortest. So That's true. That does help. And I'm just, I'm really excited to get on to season two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Zach, uh, when we started this rewatch, uh, was there anything that you were looking forward to from the first season? Uh, they're just like little bits of dialogue that I really love, that I really love revisiting. Uh-huh. Um, like uh, the fruit punch mouth. Yes. Um, just so many great little quotes and things that... Uh, are peppered throughout the entire season that uh, are just part of my lexicon that I just kind of say sometimes out of nowhere. Uh So, yeah. I thought I was just excited to actually see these episodes. Mm -hmm. Because you saw saw some of them for the first time, right? Several of them. I thought that I had seen most of them at least once, but then I realized most of them I have not seen at all. I think the only (laughs) ones I really remembered were which... (laughs) <laughs> i think that's it yeah. i think which is the only one i really remembered which which yes 
Uh, yeah, so I was really excited for wow. that, and honestly, it didn't disappoint. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the first season is a pretty strong start. So you, having seen the first season multiple times, was there anything new that stuck out to you? Just the amount of like kind of detail and subtlety that was put in it really uh, impressed me. Uh, th- there were deeper levels to things than I had not previously noticed. And uh, also just, you know, researching the trivia kind of pulled some of that stuff for me too. Mm -hmm. I am really surprised that you thought nightmares was going to be like this just random throwaway episode Mm -hmm. because I'm again, I'm pretty sure this is my, was my first actually no nightmares. I did remember a little bit, Mm. but I had only ever seen it probably one time and it, it seemed like a huge, like big deal to me. And I thought that was really interesting. I think I was just, (laughs) a big part of what annoyed me about that episode was still the fact that Colin and the kid Billy looked basically identical. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, you were just so hung up on that. It brought your score down like three points. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it really annoyed me watching it the first time too, or the Mm -hmm. first couple times. And I don't know, I guess this time I've paid a lot more attention to, the character development mm-hmm. and things along that line and have seen how much deeper they, the, it runs. Yeah. Uh, especially really early on. And, um, now also getting to see and hear references that kind of crop up later on mm-hmm. in the show is also nice. Yeah. Overall, like I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from the first season, but I don't think there's a single episode that I would say that I didn't enjoy watching at all. Oh yeah. They're all fun, especially a first time. Mm hmm. Um, teacher's pen yeah so i'm <laughs> yeah right uh I, I mean i wouldn't take back the experience of watching that ep- episode <laughs> even though it's terrible right so yeah i i quite enjoyed it i'm glad uh i'm glad i had this opportunity to give it a real close watch especially some of those episodes being my first viewings yeah i mean and it's for people who are out there watching it for the first time i think having something like this where we're kind of like pointing out all those little details and stuff kind of i don't know it's like i kind of wish i had had something like this when i was watching it because i just think it'd make it a little bit more special to kind of like i don't know not have to look up all those (laughs) little weird trivia things on my own but i I, maybe i'm the one weirdo that just really likes all (laughs) yeah so uh that's just kind of what it was like for us to rewatch it. We'll get to like a more general description of the season as a whole in a bit. But first, I want to talk about the story arc of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh this show to me is known for some like neat uh kind of conceptual story arcs that uh-huh. kind of like build off of the characters and stuff. Right. And like go in interesting directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's like a huge part of Buffy for me. And the first season doesn't really have that very much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are some novel concepts. Uh-huh. Um, Execution-wise, they were hit and miss, some of them. Yeah, the like the whole arc of the season just like didn't really... It wasn't, it was just kind of a couple of chunks thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit disjointed, especially with like the kind of, you know, filler episodes. Uh huh. And like how, I mean, of course you need time to get to know the characters mm-hmm. and kind of care about them a little bit more. But I don't, some of them just really felt like there were, I, 
I, I don't want to keep harping on the same ones, but it, there's a couple in there that are just like, why is this here? And it just kind of seemed like the master wasn't trying very hard because <laughs> yeah. he was only directly involved in the conflict of like three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and True. in Nightmares, he just kind of, he was like, oh, hey, this thing is happening. Good. Well, and like as a villain, uh, <laughs> we've said this several times that throughout the talking about the season, but it, he's he is very cartoonish. Uh-huh. But cartoonish also in like that he's just almost rules himself out as a threat sometimes Uh because like his little disciples will fail him one time and then he kills them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I guess you got to go make brand new vampires or recruit more vampires. Name them Colin. He speared Colin number one in the eye. (laughs) Yeah. He killed the three because Mm -hmm. they got ambushed by angel and mm. didn't kill buffy the first time they tried right even though they got very close it, it was also why was 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 he really trying to kill buffy if he was <laughs> why because he knew needed that he needed her whatever oh you know what actually that's a perspective i hadn't considered yeah maybe he's just been he was like just harrying her to see maybe he'd just dangerous. forgotten about the pergamum codex at that point he was like oh wait oh Actually, it's a. I shouldn't have killed those vampires because I actually need this girl. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> it does kind of come off like he wasn't. He just w- didn't fully want to kill her, and then of course in the end we do learn he needed her. Yes. Although, if he did know about the Pergamum thing, it just says the Slayer mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be her. True. <laughs> he could. I guess he could have just been waiting for another Slayer. Like he killed her, and then another one comes. That, w- right. that seems kind of impractical, though. True. Uh, and also, like, the the Hellmouth, like, started opening before, like, she even came there. Like, there some of it was independent of Buffy's involvement. What do you mean? Because, like, there were the earthquakes and the cat-birthing snakes and stuff. Oh, right. So, it seems like a thing that as was time sensitive actually so yeah. but are those things that were caused by it or are those like warnings that it's about to happen mm-hmm. the universe just knew buffy was about to go down and get herself killed well that the hell math was close to opening yeah could have been but it w- it was only opened because buffy died that's true so <laughs> you need we need answers i need i want to see the receipts <laughs> yeah I <laughs> and mean, i guess and really the o- real overall like story arc of the season is buffy like coming into her own as the slayer mm-hmm. but even that like a bunch of those the episodes like don't really deal with her feelings and thoughts about that it's just shows her being the slayer yeah, I mean... Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, I think, is actually really the only one that directly deals with her feelings about it. Well, I, I, we do get a little bit of... I mean, a little bit of her building the friendships, I guess. Like, mostly... It's kind of just instant, isn't it? With, like, her and Willow and Xander. Kinda, yeah. They, like... I mean, she saves them from the vampires in the first two episodes. Yes. And uh, she doesn't get Jesse, which Willow doesn't care that much about. But right. Uh, Xander seems to. Uh, no, he doesn't. Don't lie to me. Oh. He uh, seems to in episode two. <laughs> well, I translate that into his hatred of vampires. Uh, like, sure. That 
Jesse is kind of part of the reason that he's always so, you know, there's no gray area. Vampires are all evil. Uh-huh. Um, he's like extrapolating from, uh, I mean, vampires are all evil. Angel isn't because he mm-hmm. has a soul, but that's a completely other story. But he's a vampire, and so he's also evil because he's a vampire. Yeah, that's but... the thing. <laughs> he doesn't. Xander's like no room for nuance ever, uh-huh, uh-huh. soul or not. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Me so, either. You were talking of <laughs> oh the you... friends. I was okay. trying to talk about how she developed this relationship with the friends with Giles. We do see that growing a little bit and uh-huh. we do see their relationship start to evolve, especially towards the end, because, you know, like we pointed out uh, every episode, Buffy's like, guys, something weird. And they're all like, no, yes. no, Buffy, you idiot. No. And then it's right. Uh huh. And they do that about five or six times. And then they finally, towards the end, they're like, wait yeah. a minute. She's probably right. <laughs> right. Ugh. That was, is so, <laughs> I was so frustrated every single time. Some of the times more egregious than others. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, there's, the master arc was kind of like, uh, it was fine. He, the yeah. last episode would have been more impactful if his presence was more felt through the entire season. Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't want to say forced, that's not really, but it was like, you would see him in his lair and it would play the scary music and that was the main clue that he was the bad guy mm-hmm. and he didn't really do much besides that. Right. Like but, menacingly hold his little hands folded together. <laughs> right. Uh, but if you're looking spe- and if you're looking specifically at Buffy and her relationship with being the slayer, there's like, there's just a few episodes you need to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, not the strongest whole arc, right. uh, not the strongest, anything this season really <laughs> yeah i mean it's a beginning it's a solid uh-huh. beginning it's it's decent it's it puts down a nice formula that mm-hmm. they improve a lot better oh yeah like it the show really comes into its own mm-hmm. like by season three it's like flowered into this really great thing yeah so let's move on we're gonna i want to d- discuss each of the characters individually a little bit and i want to mm-hmm. start with some recurring characters we can expect to see some more of in the future so first, there will be pretty much no discussion about this because she's barely there. But Harmony mm-hmm. is in the uh, second episode. Yeah, it's really weird because she's like, especially in the uh, episode uh, with Marcy, uh, out of mm-hmm. mind, out of sight. Yes. Not question mark. Um, yes. Oh, <laughs> by the way, I just realized the other day, like a couple of days ago, that <laughs> the title of that episode was wrong in our feed. Because oh. so when you uploaded it, you accidentally did out of sight, out of mind, and I didn't uh, proofread it. <laughs> oh, I did it backwards. Yes. Whoops. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> so we get for doing things at like three in the morning. It happens. Um. <laughs> oh, so Harmony in that episode kind of seems like Cordelia's like kind of right hand man, like best mm-hmm. friend kind of person, and she's also with her in uh, the the harvest. The harvest. But yet she's just kind of like only there sometimes. And then Cordelia, yeah. the rest of the time, Cordelia's got this kind of rotating roster of random women. Yeah. And she, Harmony, I don't... Is Harmony even named in Out of Mind, Out of Sight? I I think so. Yeah. Cord, does, so I'm Cordelia sure probably Cordelia just like says, says her name while like she's Like Harmony, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, 
So she is, uh, but I think she's only in those two episodes, The Harvest and Out of Mind, Out of Sight. It sounds correct. But she will continue to be a presence in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, so she sticks with us for a little while at least. So uh, I just wanted to note that we will be seeing some more of Harmony and Cordelia's little click. Uh, Next, we have Joyce. Joyce. Or Buffy's mom, as she's known in this season. (laughs) Right. Uh, Gosh. I, I was just su- love Joyce. She's such I, a great character. I love Joyce too. I was surprised. I was like, Joyce is, uh, I, 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 I thought that I was going to be a little bit more on her side just because I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's kind of like, she doesn't, she doesn't ask clarifying questions of Buffy like ever. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, okay, Buffy right. says everything's fine. I'll, I guess I'll just believe her. I got too much shit to deal with. Yeah, well, it also, you get kind of a sense from Joyce that she is that kind of parent that respects Mm -hmm. Buffy's boundaries and doesn't want to force herself into the situation. Uh Uh-huh, and it is kind of like a little too far in that direction. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, but at a certain point, if... (laughs) If it was the other way around, if Joyce was asking her, wait, what are you doing? Why are you not here? What are you going? Like, if we had to go through that all the time, that <laughs> right. would be obnoxious. Uh, and then we'd have to watch Buffy be bad at lying more. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's important that Joyce is a little bit uh, hands off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's Joyce. We'll be seeing some more of Joyce. We love Joyce, if you can't tell. Yeah, Joyce is uh, just a complete angel. Speaking of angels. Speaking of, <laughs> yes, nice little segue there, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we have Angel. Angel is a recurring character in this season, mm-hmm. and Angel sucks in this season. I had a hard time, like, even really figuring out, other than that he's, you know, conventionally attra- physically attractive, uh-huh. like, why does she like him? Uh, w- I mean, what is it? I mean, I think it's just that. I think he's just hot and broody, and that's just like a... She, that is her type. It is established that she likes brooders. Uh-huh. And uh, as much as he's a huge dickhead about it, Xander points that out a couple of times. I mean, and he's not wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, he could say it a little bit more nicely, and also not True. while he's possessed by a hyena. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, he's just... I don't know. I guess it's just the mystery factor that's a... Well, also, I was going to say, it does make sense that someone in this universe who is super strong, who knows about demons and monsters and things, mm-hmm. that it would create this barrier for dating for you, you know, for right. dating normal people or uh-huh. you know, quote unquote normal people. Yeah. And like uh, there could have been maybe a one thing this is- one thing that may have improved the season a little bit is uh, like maybe seeing Buffy be like, oh, I it would be hard for me to be with a normal boy like Owen, but this guy seems to know about all this shit already. I don't have to hide my identity from him. Right. I mean, well, and I think that's like underneath. You, it's not obviously uh-huh. overstated st- out loud, but um, <clears throat> I also think it's really interesting that does he even really do anything for her other than just like warn her that something bad is about to happen? Yeah. He gives her cryptic warnings. He helps her in angel. Yeah. Is angel the one with the The three, the three. Yeah. Yeah. You you can be forgiven for forgetting because they are killed in like the 10th minute of the episode. 
Um, it just seems it, it, he doesn't really get much of like a save the cat moment in this mm-hmm. first season, you know, where he's not. He doesn't really do tons of things that for the audience to be endeared to him. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, and then he's just kind of like after Angel he's just gone, I think, until out of mind, out of sight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean he's pretty important for the end of the season, but we don't we don't really I'm excited to learn a little bit more well, about Angel as a person. Right. Well and even that, even the out of mind, out of sight thing, it it feels like a kind of I mean, I know I commented that this was a clever placement of it there, but it is still like a little bit of a Deus Ex Machina thing. Like, yeah, well, it is because he's, he's just like, I know where to find this book, exact book that you just happen to need and can't. Uh-huh. Find. Uh, and so, uh, spoilers, mild spoilers. This is going to be a common theme with Angel. He's just going to happen to know or be able to find a lot of the things they need. Right. Which, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Angel is a character that I do wish was developed a little bit more, but then of course he gets his own entire show. So, uh huh. And uh, Angel is a big part of season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll be promoted into the opening credits in the first episode of season he two. So, uh, that's not much of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. That's one of my first little trivia bits that I did about the next episode. Yes. All right, so let's move on to the main cast. Uh, by this, I just mean the characters that are in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might notice... Oh, actually, before we move on to the main cast... So, uh, we didn't mention her in the season arc, and I forgot to put her in these recurring characters here, but I have to mention Darla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so glad I got to see Darla. I knew basically nothing about Darla before coming in to this season. <laughs> Remembered almost nothing. Right. Well, if you hadn't seen the whole first season, it makes sense. I am just so... She's basically only in episodes one, two, and Angel. She's like... She's in the background of other scenes. Yeah, she has a couple lines in some one or two other episodes. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just... just, Her her existence in this show culminated in episode seven. I am so sad we will not get to see any more of her in Buffy. Mm -hmm. Because she was just so iconic. I loved her. Yeah, I <laughs> she was a great character, especially like I just love how flancy her movements always were and like so theatrical and like Yes. She just always looked like she was dancing. I've been thinking she was doing anything. I've been thinking of like creating a jingle mm-hmm. with you're not exactly living off quiche <laughs> for like any time that it's like, oh, Angel's a vampire. That's actually Darla's <laughs> spinoff show. Yeah. <laughs> she, she has a sitcom we learned about, in hell. Or, or, <laughs> or it's like a sitcom version of like their early life together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. And they're uh, just they're, they're just killing all of Europe. Right. <laughs> she just right. randomly picks up a dead body every once in a while. She's like, "You call this quiche?" <laughs> and there's a laugh track. When was quiche like, invented? I don't know, but it's like it would have to be like um, Big Bang Theory. Which uh-huh. um, I'm sorry if you I, Big Bang Theory is a fine show. I don't I don't mind it. But one of the things that turned me off watching it was the laugh track on yeah. it is so obnoxious. It'd be like, "Hello, Leonard," <laughs> and like the audience was just dying oh and my it was gosh like, okay this is too much uh it's kind of like uh you know the moody music in this show that they kind mm. of put in the end of episodes sometimes it's like here's how you're supposed to feel watching this right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I oh, I have something really cool to talk about music in the next episode that I'm excited about. Oh yeah. Oh, all um, right. One more recur or recurring minor character that you did not mention. Uh huh. Snyder. The oh Snide yeah. Man. I can't, how could I for- have forgot about Snyder? Old Commandant Snyder. Uh huh. Of course, Flutie is gone, and we don't have much to say Rip. about him. Yeah. Uh, Snyder will he be a pretty here. Funny principal. Uh huh. Snyder will be here in season two. Mm-hmm. Armin Scheimerman. Yeah, he's just this really like misanthropic, angry principal person, right. which is really funny. Uh, yeah. He's he's uh, kind of like Cordelia. He's like a quasi like bully comic relief right. character. It's just I love it. It's pretty funny. You because you come in thinking that Xander's going to be the comic relief, and then mm-hmm. it turns out to be Cordelia and Flutie, and then Snyder. And everybody, yeah, everybody right. has some kind of comedy bits at some point. But if I had to designate a character as comic relief in this mm. first season, it would be Cordelia. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, let's move on to our main characters and bum, let's start bum, with Cordelia. Bum. So these are the characters who are in the opening credits. Uh, Cordelia was severely underutilized this season, mm. I feel. She was just there to get attacked or find a dead body mm-hmm. here and there. And she was like weirdly absent in like the middle of the season. Right. She was she gone and disappeared angel she wasn't in the pack and in some of the no she was an angel she had that one scene where the girl was wearing the same dress as her oh right but i don't believe she after angel i think she wasn't in any episodes until out of mind out of sight Mm. i don't know i feel like we could have had some more cordelia in to sort of lead up to her big moment in out of mind out of sight yeah because it's a little bit more sudden Mm-hmm. a little bit more jarring that she kind of suddenly starts helping them especially because yeah every single thing she does before that is either just really mean or just like comic relief like vapid popular girl shit right like the her talking about <laughs> her diet in uh mm-hmm. therapy <laughs> and uh yeah the the <laughs> how even used mercedes have leather seats uh-huh, right famous speech right up there with the gettysburg address uh-huh and so I I feel like they could have done a little bit more with her, especially like with like top billing like that. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to me. The moments that she was in, she were was great, excellent. In the beginning of the season, she's just prime comic relief, and oh, yeah. then she's like an, a really cool like she gets. We draw a little bit of character out of her in the last mm-hmm. in the last couple of episodes. I'm so excited to talk about uh, season two. Because she is in there more, and even in the first episode, she has some really cool moments. Oh, yeah. Definitely starts getting utilized Oh, effectively. shit. We forgot to talk about Jenny Calendar. She's only in one episode, so... Whoopsie. Uh, no, excuse me, two episodes. She's not in the opening credits, season two, right? She's no, still... she's not. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> quickly back to recurring characters. Jenny Calendar. There's not really much to say about her. Because she's only in two episodes. She just waves her hands a lot and repeats the plot of the episode after the commercial break. <laughs> Basically, and, yes. Uh, has a cup in her hand. Uh, but I did want to mention her because she is in season two and she's mm-hmm. important. And just like Cordelia, like you see that she's going to have a bigger role just from the first episode of season right. two. So that's Jenny Callender. I do love her dynamic with Giles in uh, <laughs> I've Robot You, Jane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty great. Speaking of her groundwork with Giles. Back to main characters, Giles. Good thing we have this outline that we're totally following. I mean... Uh, we're, you, we're somewhat following. Yeah, I mean, we are following it. It's just that I forgot to put some things <laughs> in it. And then uh, you forgot to put them in in your revision. So 
us forgetters. We are forgetters. We forget about things. <laughs> we are forgetters. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so Giles, Giles is, uh, Cordelia isn't in every episode, but all of the other uh, main cast characters are in every episode. Uh, what did you think about Giles' development throughout the season? I do think, I like the way that he's, you're seeing that he starts to trust Buffy more. Mm-hmm. There are subtle parts because you know at first they kind of really butt heads, and you know you get that drama. Of, <laughs> yes, like the you've got to do this, and her being like, "No, nah, that's stupid. I'm not doing that." A vampire slayer slays, and a watcher watches. Mm-hmm. And seeing like that, Giles is the kind of person who comes from like this obviously really stuffy, starched, mm-hmm. pressed and ironed kind of background, and but he's starting to understand Buffy more and like that the force of her personality is such that he has yes. to kind of, he can't just do it the straightforward, like do this because I say way. Yeah. It work. And it's also just like a bigger thing. We talked, we've talked about the watchers council, but mm-hmm. they, I don't think they're mentioned at all in season one. Mm. So it's a little spoilery, but uh, the watchers council is going to be kind of like a presence in the show. Mm hmm. And uh, Giles is a watcher. And uh, Giles kind of starts with this idea that he's supposed to be telling Buffy what to do. Mm -hmm. And then we end the season and Buffy's like, fuck you. I'm going to do what I think is right. She literally knocks him out and runs away to do uh, Mm -hmm. what she thinks she's supposed to. Well, yeah. And like doubly like... Like another part of the development there is that she had to do that because Giles wanted to go in her place. Yeah, like not so much that he was ordering her to do something, but that he was trying to protect her and was Uh going to get himself killed. Well, he was both ordering her and trying to keep her out of danger. Mm. So it's like, you know, they they develop this kind of relationship and we start to see that, you know, Buffy's really the one in charge here. She's the one with all the power. Which, yeah. Which is not the dynamic that, you know, based on the way Giles acts in the beginning, that's not mm-hmm. what the idea of the dynamic is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like right. this student-master relationship, student-teacher kind of thing. And it's more like, uh, I'm the talent. Yeah. You're the... Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you would call Giles. You're, you're my, my agent. Uh, <laughs> yes, my agent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and a few good episodes for him. He, he was really good in... Uh, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, and then in Nightmares, and also, of course, in Prophecy Girl. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to Willow now. So I kind of put this in a specific order from like least development to most development. And I wasn't Mm. sure. I think Willow's could actually be below Giles here. I was kind of surprised at how little Willow's character was explored in this season. That is true. I mean, you get the whole her being... Her crushing on Xander. Uh Uh-huh. And that's happening. But, I I mean, you also get this idea that Willow is a little bit... uh, And, again, I always have to put this caveat in there because she's my favorite. Yes. But to me, she gives off this energy of already being a little bit more developed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it doesn't take much for her to, in the second episode, stand up to Cordelia. Right. And so she... Yeah, with the deliver thing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think... 
it would be you know we're but what you're what what you're talking about i think is we're seeing all this kind of from the outside Mm -hmm. we're not getting a lot of willow's kind of like internal dialogue or her deeper feelings about things most Mm -hmm. of the time yes Uh, we get a little bit like when xander tries to do the ron thing and be like willow you're a girl we could go to the prom (laughs) together yes and she's like, no, I don't want to see you. And there's some in the him. pack, too, when mm-hmm. she's afraid that, like, uh, Xander doesn't like her anymore because of Buffy. Right. So, in, <laughs> which, you know, it's kind of thinking about it a little bit annoying how her, a lot of her character centers around her crushing on Xander a lot. Right. Uh, she definitely, but the, there's just like a, I don't know, an intelligence to her mm-hmm. that, for me, if I was watching this, and this is how I felt watching it the first time, I was like, I like this character. I want to know more about her. Yeah, I agree. They don't really like explore a lot. Yeah. In her in, in her episode, I Robot You Jane, she's like <laughs> she's just like, Ooh, I like this guy. Oh, I don't like this other guy anymore because I have this other guy I like. Oh, and then I get kidnapped. Uh, and a fire extinguisher. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's a little bit more to it than that, but yeah, there, I mean, there is, but there's like, cause there's this whole thing about like, this is for her. It's like her first relationship. Uh huh. Exactly. And she's got this whole thing of like, well, no one else will date me. So blah, blah, blah going on. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I definitely agree with you. There's a kind of, you have to fill in a lot of the, your own blanks. Exactly. You just have to kind of observe the way she acts Mm -hmm. really to get a whole lot of a feel for her character. Yeah. It's also hard for me having seen the entire series to really gauge what is like my background knowledge about her Uh (laughs) right versus what a first time watcher would get but yeah i uh i'm really excited to see a little bit more of her specific development so let's Um, move let's move on to xander now sorry i just have one more thing i want to say about willow i okay i do really like that she has this kind of wit that can match like cordelia oh and yes xander and you know she's very when it sh- comes to like one-liners yes. she and cordelia really take the season she has really great banter with just about everybody and then i also but i also like how she has these really cute like innocent moments where she's mm-hmm. like uh oh this and everybody else is like no willow like, oh <laughs> yeah yeah kind of thing it's really uh, cute. she's definitely one of the funnier characters mm-hmm. uh i will never forget um I need to sit down. You are sitting down. Oh, <laughs> oh good, good for, for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. All right, so let's move on to Xander. Xander gets way too much screen time in this fucking season compared right. to Willow. Like, Buffy well, has these two best friends and the boy who's crushing on her and can't accept that she doesn't like him. He does... He, ooh, can't accept that she doesn't like him gets I mean, mo- most of it. We have established that Xander is pretty much an avatar for the creator of the series. So. Yep. Uh, of course he's going to get screen time. And uh, uh, okay. I'll start with like some of the better things. Like mm-hmm. it is nice that Xander having very little power compared to Buffy, like has been shown to stand up to things a couple of times mm-hmm. and has this, like he has a little like wannabe heroic streak in him too. Like, right. He's like, angel, you're just a vampire. Help me save Buffy. And, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> But it's just so overshadowed by all the really annoying misogynist and just mm. like general 
assholery of him. Yeah, it's just... I I don't really want to get political, but I just have to say this. Uh Every time I hear a libertarian politician speak, (laughs) this is how my my reactions go from the beginning. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, no. What? (laughs) No. That is the progression of a Xander thing, especially Uh when he's like, dealing with his crush on Buffy. Yeah. Because it always starts out really kind of cute and sweet and like, oh, I you know, feel for this nerdy guy. And yeah. Then, then, you know, especially the part where he shoots, she kind of very gently. Yes. Very him kindly. Down. And, but very clearly it's like, Xander, I don't think about you that way. No, whatever. And then immediately turns into an asshole and is like, oh, well, I guess you only like to fuck dead guys, you dumb bitch. And <laughs> right. then punches it in the face and runs away. It's Just so kidding, annoying. Happen, and like I understand that he was possessed by a hyena in the pack. <clears throat> but like I mentioned in that episode, that stuff came from his real feelings from for Buffy. Mm-hmm. And like he didn't say the stuff, like the hurtful stuff about Angel and like stuff like that because he was possessed. The hyena didn't know that. That was right. already in his brain. He also said it with the... Uh, praying mantis hormones yeah exactly to her about it from from then too and i mean the hormones weren't making him be a dickhead they just wanted to they just made him want to fuck a bug (laughs) (laughs) right which yeah he's like of course you're jealous i want to have sex with this ravishing adult woman (laughs) even though i'm a child Uh, that which is incredibly inappropriate which no one in the school seems to understand nope But he was a virgin. That's funny. He 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 hoo hoo hoo. Anyway, <laughs> uh, poor Xander. So so justly maligned. Yes, justly justly. <laughs> I just love. It's so funny to me because whenever like I post a Xander TikTok, like making fun of him mm-hmm. on the weekend, my the comment section is always like, Bruff. yeah. Like those are always the biggest comment sections uh, on TikTok. Yeah, it's so funny, Xander. I hope you get better. We'll see. <laughs> we will. We have a we have a whole bunch of episodes. Six with more you. seasons, yep. theoretically. <laughs> yes. So. Hopefully, you don't die by then. <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? All right, let's move on to the woman of the uh, buffet, mm, the Duchess of Buffonia herself. Spontaneous buffet. <laughs> 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 That's a weird inside uh, joke. Yep. <laughs> so I, I think it's better if we just don't explain explanation it explain it yes let's don't explanation it uh i i love buffy in this season yeah. i've never i'm always i'm pretty much never like attracted to main characters like they're never like my favorite character and mm-hmm. i'm always like whatever i like this other character but i really love buffy right and especially in this season like well, there's just so much stuff she gets to do she well and I think it's also, we talked about this a little bit with the Harry Potter reference. She's not like this towering archetype of something. She's not like, Mm -hmm. she's not an ideal. Yeah. She's a real person. So she has flaws and foibles and things like that. And things that make her more relatable and endearing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the thing where uh, she, <laughs> she what does she say to Cordelia after she drops all her stuff? She says something. Oh, you're probably not. You're probably wondering. No, no. She, maybe that's not the right scene. 
Cord- oh no, it's the part where Cordelia's handing out the chocolates. Oh yeah, she's like I don't even like chocolate anyway. <laughs> okay, that is the worst comeback of our time. Yes. Like how she's not always perfect. She uh-huh. doesn't always get the zinger right. She doesn't always, you know, yeah, do and everything it's, correct. You can see it's kind of a theme with Buffy, uh, and it will continue to be, and we'll see in the first episode of season two that mm-hmm. like the things she's dealing with personally very, very often affect like her social skills and her slaying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It all bleeds together. Yeah. So uh, it's just it's just fun. It was just really fun for me to watch the development of her character over this first season. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big, like, the best part of the season is just seeing. Yeah, you I just agree. get to see her do so much, and you just get to learn so much about what kind of person she is. Well, right. And I feel like this is a really strong handling of the whole, you know, the chosen one mm-hmm. trope. Where it's like, you know, she's resistant to the call, but then she realizes she has to and yada yada and all those things. And I mean, it's something we've seen hundreds and hundreds of times. But just the way that this particular character fits into the world and Mm -hmm. the way she fits into that trope and then does kind of fiddle with it from time to time. It's very interesting and fun to watch. Yes. And just in general, it's really nice to be able to see a female character go on the hero's journey because that mm-hmm. doesn't get to happen a whole lot. True. Very true. Yeah. And for her to be the central, you know, it it really is just her. Like, it's there's no, like, mm-hmm. you know, she also needs the... <laughs> I guess Angel does save her that one time, but yeah, she doesn't like always need the man to come save her at the last second. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love Buffy in this season. You get to learn that she's a huge badass, that she right. likes uh, like kind of like typical, stereotypical, like girly things. She's mm-hmm. really fashionable. She has a decent relationship with her mom. She Her loves room looks outfits. nice. Yeah, yes, she loves mod dresses. Sometimes she likes to uh, dress like she's showing you the watchtower. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she wants to dress like she's a total slut. Yeah. <laughs> she's on her way to the nun club. Yes. <laughs> she uh, she likes broody boys. She likes mm-hmm. boys who read Emily Dickinson. She's really empathetic. She has an interesting way of speaking. It's just, there's just I just loved Buffy this entire season. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that Buffy contributed to pop culture and even just to like i mean at the risk of using this kind of buzzy word with the zeitgeist like <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> she really did change yeah. a lot of things like there are some a lot of firsts that come from buffy and i mean I, to, we come to today there are a billion gazillion buffy the vampire slayer podcasts including our own mm-hmm. there are two other buffy podcasts that are gay men speaking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> at at least influence. two. So yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think Buffy as a character is a huge part of that and is one mm-hmm. of the reasons like the first season of this show didn't completely kill it. Right. Yeah. I and mean, then just like at the end with her like going through all the stuff in the last episode and that inform really informing her character like through this next season is going to be really interesting to watch. And I don't think that Buffy could have been what it was. This is I know this is like a duh statement. It could not have been made today, I don't think, and still have the same kind of impact and feel. Because I feel like if they made it today, 
they would have been like, it needs to be gritty. It needs to be dark. Right. She has to be sad all the time. And like, cause I don't, <laughs> I, you're thinking more of like, it could, it definitely couldn't have been made in like the early 2010s. I just feel like, I mean, I feel like today even, I mean, maybe, I guess maybe if somebody had gotten a hold of it today, they could have done something similar with it. Mm. I do feel that we're starting to lighten up in our, uh, TV writing a little bit. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's like the way that it just really weaves in the pop culture in a way that doesn't feel mm-hmm. forced. Like it doesn't feel like they're cramming references in there. Right. It just feels very real. But then also the way that it kind of creates its own references and then they build this whole thing. Like Buffy speak is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certain uh, using certain words as uh, verbs. So let's go ahead and let's just move on to the reflection on the season as a whole because we're basically doing that right now. Mm-hmm. We've moved on from Buffy to Buffy the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, just as part of that conversation and stuff you were talking about, what do we think about this, the general idea that this show is very groundbreaking? I think in a lot of ways, yeah. Uh-huh. It, in it, what ways? Well, <laughs> I kind of already went over this just a second ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it delivers a new kind of hero that we haven't really seen too much of. Like, mm-hmm. for, you know, a like we've already talked about, this, you know, girly girl high school uh, fashion forward teenager who is also really smart and really a badass. But... It's also, she's not in everything, which I think really is good because they could have tried to make Buffy like she's like a super genius and she's this and she's that, Mm -hmm. but then she wouldn't need friends and the show would be less interesting. I do feel like the character of Buffy is something that is very unique to this show. And my flute professor from my one year of grad school I did would say, you can't say very unique. Unique is unique. It's not very anything. Anyway... (laughs) Right. Uh, the past trauma coming out there. Oops. <laughs> uh, it, Buffy is very unique to this show. Her character, like, it, she's just a really well-crafted character. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons this show can be considered groundbreaking. Although I do think that the show sort of takes credit and, uh, like, the the idea of it as being groundbreaking is a little bit unearned. Like, e- even at the end of the season, like... I think we're supposed to think that Buffy dying and then being revived and that thwarting a prophecy. I think we're supposed to think that that's like a this novel idea. Mm. But I feel like it's something that we've seen in lots of sort of stuff. And so although I do think especially that this show is huge in the culture and is great and influenced tons of things... I don't know that necessarily it's completely groundbreaking because when you say groundbreaking, you want you think of things that are like the first on the land, on the soil. We can't talk about it right now, but there is definitely a pretty big first uh, that happens later on. Oh, yes. I'm just talking about in general. A few are you talking things. about the first season? Yeah, and uh, just a, a couple of things about the show in general, but... You know, it's not the first time we've seen a hero we don't expect to look like what they look like and act like they act like, those sorts of things. But I do feel it's groundbreaking in the way that it does some of those things. Mm. Uh, although I do feel like some of the story beats are pretty tropey, like mm-hmm. 
the basically the entire first season. Well, I mean, somebody I don't I don't know where I saw this or who said it first, but I'm not saying you're being mad at the show, but being mad at a TV show <laughs> yes. for having tropes is like being mad at water for being wet. Ooh, well, I mean, even so. A huge part of my media consumption as a teenager was tvtropes.org, which, mm. if you don't know, is a wiki that is basically a col- they name a bunch of tropes that occur throughout media and they point out occurrences of those tropes in TV shows and in real life and in books and in movies and stuff like that. And each like piece of media has its like own page, like a wiki. And that website was started as a wiki to point out the tropes in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. So like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the reason this website exists. And I went to this, I still to this day when I watch something and I finish it, I go to TV Tropes, I look at the page for that movie or show or book because I just want to see like people pointing out all these tropes. Mm-hmm. It's Tropes are really cool. It's just uh, this show using a bunch of tropes. Some t- some things it's the trope namer for, or it's the what? thing that <laughs> I was going to <laughs> to explain that in a second. Oh, Buffy named the trope. Yeah. So some things it's the trope namer for, which like the name of the trope. I can't think of anything specific. Oh, Buffy speak. Uh, the name of the trope mm. comes from this show that they use on TVTropes.org. And uh, some of the tropes, uh, I can't remember what they call it on the website, but it's like the codifier of the trope. Like it's happened before, but like this thing kind of really drives it into the ground and is what makes it a trope in like the greater culture. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's incredibly influential and groundbreaking in many ways, but not all of the ways. I think there are story beats that we're meant to think are like firsts or we're meant to feel really misled by and stuff. I think they're... I think a little some of them are kind of self-indulgent on the creator's part. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I guess to me it's either groundbreaking or it's not, but like I I definitely agree where you're saying there are areas where it <laughs> it takes right. a little bit more credit than maybe it deserves. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that, <laughs> I just gave a basically a really long speech trying to describe that statement you just made. There you go. <laughs> I'm here to help. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I um if you're thinking about it in terms of like, is the season worth watching? I would say yes, for sure. I agree. I think uh, I've heard people even after rewatches of season one say that like only watch a few episodes, but I would watch when we fi- when we're finished with this podcast, the next time that I rewatch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I am absolutely watching the whole first season. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that the people that said that are thinking about Teacher's Pet. Mm, I, the people that said only watch a few episodes. I have, like, yeah, that right. has got to be high up on their mind when they're saying that. Well, absolutely. I mean, the really bad episodes, for sure. But, yeah, it, but no, like, it was, like, naming specific episodes you should mm-hmm. watch. And it's like, watch these, like, four or five episodes and then move on. I mean, but that I, is a complaint I will that even you... watch Teacher's Pet. Like, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's a bad episode. But it's fun to make fun of. Exactly. <laughs> I uh, I think what you're saying it kind of t- ties back into what we said before, though, where it's like where we were critiquing the kind of idea that the master is barely in the show. Uh huh. And I think that's also part of the whole only watch these three or four episodes, right? Because 
that is the kind of entire arc of the season, really. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it <laughs> it's really only in a few of the episodes because mm-hmm. <laughs> some of them completely ignore it. If you are trying to get s- to convince someone to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I understand giving them just a few episodes to mm-hmm. watch so that they like understand the plot of the first season and only get like the better episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I understand telling them to skip Teacher's Pet and the Pack and I Robot You Jane right. and stuff. But <laughs> but I personally will be rewatching every episode every time. And I do think even the episodes that seem really filler do give us the introduction to certain concepts. Mm-hmm. It would have been good if they could have been woven into the like broader story, but then also when you think about it, that could have been too much. Yeah. So Teacher's Pet gives us the idea that there are these weird creatures out there that aren't really magical. They're just strange <laughs> creatures that look like other things that happen, that comes up again. We get the uh, existence of demons from the iRobot Eugene episode. Mm-hmm. Where we uh, so we we learn about that uh, and all kinds of other like various threats. We learn that magic is a a force that can be used by people in witch, and we also learn a little bit you know through some of these other side episodes. Oh, the hyenas! We learn that there are strange animal spirits out there, and that there are racist cultural appropriating British, zookeepers, yes. <laughs> right? Uh, and all those kinds of things. So like. You learn that the world, the Buffyverse, is much wider than just vampires. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it it is nice to have those things that explore that. It just, like I said, would have been nicer to have them tied in a little bit more and, neatly. And it would be nicer for them to just be better episodes in general. Speaking of episodes, right. uh, oh. <laughs> Zach bumps the micro- microphone again. The microphone. Microphone. So speaking of standout episodes, specific episodes, I oh, want... I think, wait, shouldn't we do the bad ones first? I think we should do the bad ones we first. We absolutely should sta- do the bad ones first. I think we should pick three of each. Oh. Yeah, I think we should give us a, ourselves a limitation. Yeah. I wish we would have done this first. No, I, I wanted to put you on the spot, bitch. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll do it first. So my three standout bad episodes... Easy. Teacher's Pet, The Pack, The Puppet Show. <laughs> the, the Puppet Show, I, I think, don't. is honestly the worst of them because I was really bored during it. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I can't think of any other episodes that would really even vie for the, the bottom three spots. So you agree? Yeah. So you agree? Teacher's Pet, The Pack, and The Puppet Show are the worst episodes. Yeah, I still <laughs> say Teacher's Pet is the worst. Teacher's Pet is absolutely 100% the worst. However, I do want to mention here, uh, I will mention in the spoiler discussion the episode I'm talking about. I hate the ending of Teacher's Teacher's Pet. It's terrible. I hate it. There is one episode that I hate the ending more. Okay. And uh, I will ask you if you can guess it in our spoiler discussion. Okay, so what about the good episodes? What are your three good episodes? Hmm. The tops. The tops. Well, I feel like Angel is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good one. Because we, you know, get, finally get to learn who this asshole is who just keeps accosting Buffy. But, like, yes. there are also better parts of it. And I the, in the final showdown with Darla is pretty great. I would also put in my top three from season one, well... 
I'm biased because anything with magic in it yes. sold. So witch, just because mm-hmm. I I really love I love how goofy it is. Yeah, I love witch. Witch is really good for a third episode. Mm-hmm. And setting up. Uh, oh, we also didn't mention Amy. Amy is a recurring character. Oh yeah, Amy will be back. Yeah, she's not as recurring as some of the other ones. Though, mm-hmm. So anyway, one more, right? Mm-hmm. Witch angel. All right, and then uh, the third one I would have to say is Prophecy Girl. Mm-hmm. Just it's it's a pretty solid ending. Not the best ending the show has, but decent. Yeah, we're yeah, we we have season one standards here. Also, we only have twelve episodes. True. Like, the other seasons will have twenty two each. Which I would say, judging by some of the fillery episodes, mm-hmm. prob- that's for the best. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't. I think it would have been. I agree. Very damaging to the show. Yes. To have more. <laughs> All right. So my top three. Uh, okay. Number three. I'm gonna say is out of mind, out of sight. Mm-hmm. This is just personal. It doesn't necessarily even have to do with the objective quality of the episodes. I just really like that episode. It's a good episode. I love Cordelius so much in that episode. So three out of mind, out of sight. Love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I just want to say. You know, I kind of wish I could go back and reevaluate the first two episodes because I feel like we were incredibly generous. I think we both gave episode one a 10. That's true. Uh, Anyway, number three is out of mind, out of sight. Number two is Angel. Mm -hmm. And number one is Prophecy Girl. Very similar list to you. I also love Witch. That's probably number four. But I just had to put out of mind, out of sight up there. And Nightmares is so good, too. That's fu- yeah. I, that's almost half the episodes that I just love. I love them. Nightmares, I toyed with putting Nightmares on my list, actually, which is funny because I always skipped it before. And then if you put Welcome to the Hellmouth and The Harvest on there, that's seven episodes. Why do people say... I mean, there are a few episodes in this season that are trash but there are so many good ones i mean and even the trash like the trash ones they're trash because like the basic premise is stupid the episodes (laughs) themselves are not that bad yeah they're like Like, decently entertaining teacher's pet is the worst for sure yes absolutely (laughs) it's so stupid well it's just disturbing and gross (laughs) right i hate it i just don't it's so awful anyway (laughs) i don't know why that got through all right, so this, drum roll please, hopefully that doesn't sound terrible on the recording. Probably does. <laughs> um, overall season rating. So I'm thinking, uh, from what you know of all seven Buffy seasons on TV, what would you give this season, what rating would you give this season out of 10? Do you want me to go first? Um, I was thinking, no, I'll go ahead. And go. Okay. <laughs> I was I've kind of been thinking between a six and a seven. Uh-huh. I I'm leaning more towards seven just because I'm biased because I like uh-huh. the beginning. And I like I, I you know, a lot of times in stories the beginning is one of my favorite parts. Um but yeah. I I'm gonna say it's a seven. Okay. That might be too generous. I I'm think so, I do personally think that seven is a little generous okay top me down let's go uh you don't have to you can keep seven it's no, I this hear is it. not set in stone uh, i'm just thinking <laughs> season four from what i can remember is uh my least favorite season other than one and i think it's better than one and i don't know if i would give season hmm. four a seven 
Maybe I would. I feel like it's kind of... I'm going to give I'm, season one a 6.5. Yeah, I was almost there too. So I'm, mm-hmm. that's not very far away yeah, from yeah. where I'm at. I was thinking too, like grading it on a little bit of a sliding scale because it didn't uh-huh. have that many episodes. Yeah, the really good episodes are like good. And like mm-hmm. I would place a couple of them among my favorite Buffy episodes. Yeah, I think 6.5 is very fair. Yeah, but it's it's just uh, just the whole season arc as a whole like it's not incredibly strong uh there's not a lot of development of a couple of the characters some of them are underutilized and you know there's just a few really bad episodes <laughs> well and i would say there's not really enough time to develop them but <laughs> kind of is i mean i mean look at tv shows nowadays they have like eight episodes a season we just well yeah but then this they also have like a full hour as opposed to yeah, yeah. This yeah, one yeah. had like forty-eight minutes or something like that. Yeah, but a twelve-episode season of forty-five-minute episodes is like an eight-episode season of hour episodes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just think that is the math mathing. <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Is that there are there were opportunities for development that just weren't taken. Mm-hmm, I agree. All right, so seven from Zach, six point five from me. I think that's pretty close. Mm-hmm. It has a re- way higher rating than I expected on Rotten Tomatoes from thirty-seven like of their like certified critics, which is very interesting to me. I do think. I mean, I don't want to keep bringing around this groundbreaking discussion. <laughs> okay, but I, I I think it's harder for us, especially reviewing it now mm-hmm. like after the hindsight, 25 years yeah i mean at the time people are like a woman who is also strong what you know like that was probably blowing people's minds okay i mean what was there before was that besides Zena warrior Wonder Princess. Woman, Zena. okay i feel There's like two 90s shows. were prime time and for how literal many, strong woman and then how many but then how many shows uh featured strong men one bajillion yeah. mm-hmm. a billion bajillion anyway uh let us know if you think this <laughs> this season was groundbreaking mm. oh my god what is that do you see that <gasps> it's the gay part All right, <gasps> let's talk about the gay part gasp <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid <laughs> thank you wait all right <laughs> thank you thank you all right, so Zach, uh, t- give me some uh, some of the more overt queer themes that persisted through the entire uh, the entire season. All right, I got the top four that came to my mind here. Ooh. Number one, coming to terms with an identity that feels like the other. Yes. Number two, desire for people you shouldn't date by societal norms. Uh, in this case, it's a vampire oh. who's way too old for you. Right. Oh, and I said I shouldn't date in quotes. People you quote unquote date. Yes. <laughs> Forgot to say that with air quotes. Uh, finding comfort in friends and adults outside of your family. Yes. And bullying slash being bullied. Yeah, I agree with all of those. Those are lots of things that queer viewers can relate to from this season. Mm-hmm. I just think Buffy... Uh, like coming into her own with the an unchangeable part of her identity. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to pick, that's probably would be like the one big thing throughout the show, at least through the first three seasons. 
That's why it's number one, baby. BB. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> wow, well, we're done, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. So, yeah, uh, there's so many themes of identity throughout this Just whole so much. show. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole desiring someone you shouldn't date also translates into being really into someone who's not into you back, which yes. is huge in this season. Oh, yes, absolutely. We get that all over the place. And then, uh, you know, we got finding comfort in friends and adults outside your family with uh, Buffy being able to confide in Willow and Xander. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the show, Cordelia kind of finds out. And, mm-hmm. and finding a parental figure yeah, in Giles. one of her teachers, which is mm-hmm. a huge queer experience for a lot of people. Very much. And then the concept of how, you know, she is both bullied and then, you know, there's also themes of bullying with like, the pack and mm-hmm. Cordelia existing. Yes. <laughs> so, but then there's also the uh, idea of um, of the reed, which is very gay, <laughs> yes. coming from mainly Cordelia, but also uh-huh. from Buffy, from uh-huh. Zane, like from all angles. Really, there's reading. Happening. Yeah, there is reading in this. Oh yeah, that is very queer. I've said that in a couple of my uh, uh, "What's gay about this episode?" things on TikTok. Right, because as it says in. Rupaulians to verse three, chapter eight. Reading is what? Fundamental. Fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> and she stole that from Paris is Burning. Yes. Well, she does say uh, something, something, yeah, 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 Paris is Burning. Yeah. She gives them credit. But also, like, 90% of the things she says comes from that movie. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> let's go. Time for the gayest moment of the season. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. <laughs> damn it. Oh. Ha! No. All right. The gayest moment of the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. So gay. Woo! Gay. Okay. Uh, I am. I am. If you have a different idea, if you have anything you want to mention that you want to talk about that you think might also qualify mm-hmm. for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say, uh huh. Oh gosh, I'm thinking about them all now, and I'm like, do I want to say this one? Oh my gosh, the suspense is killing me. I would have to say, it's just so overt. Oh. Oh, I'm tied between two right now. And <gasps> I, I, I promise, I already had one. I'm gonna say Xander giving weird eyes to the guy in the bronze <laughs> and being rejected non-verbally. That is the gayest moment of the season. What do you think, Zach? Yes, yes. The I mean, one... is there anything more gay than making really intense, weird eye contact with a stranger? Right, exactly. I literally like formed like a weird, casual relationship, long distance with a guy for like several months from doing that with him in like a, an honor band. <laughs> My first boyfriend, we were in an honor band together. It's really funny. And that <laughs> Sorry, was that was how he he was like, "Ooh, I should message him on Facebook." <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny just cuz that just feels like something that could be like a TikTok or YouTube video where uh-huh. it's like like that gay science guy on TikTok, you know? Oh yeah. Where it's like 
why do gays make such weird, intense eye contact with each other? It's because they're trying to communicate through gay Morse code whether or not they uh, are, in fact, gay and attractive. Like, <laughs> right. You just see these guys, like, on opposite treadmills in a gym, and they're just, mm-hmm. like, staring at each other. Yeah, right. And you hear the little beep, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 boop in the background. <laughs> That's so funny. I, uh, nobody steal that. That's, no, I'm just kidding. You can steal it. Zach, fine. you have to make that TikTok. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that one, the one, the other one I was thinking of was Malik literally telling a man, I love you, but mm-hmm. he was also trying to manipulate him and probably kill him. In right. The end, so. <laughs> yeah. That was more culty than uh, uh-huh. homoerotic, but he did say, I love you to a man, which is gay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I'm, you, you well, agree. Carlo said it to a demon. And you know what episode the gayest moment came from? Uh, what? Teacher's pet. Mm. <laughs> Because that's the whole episode where Xander is being like weird and like talking about how hot Angel is. <laughs> Very true. That episode is pretty gay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like if there was a twist where Xander turned out to be gay later in this show, that would have been like, this would have been something people would point back to. I'm glad. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad it didn't happen. I think they were oh, trying spoilers. to lay breadcrumbs. Oh, spoilers. Xander is not gay. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't happen because then... Uh, then like every single member of the gang would have a boyfriend at some point. And I'm like, oh, that's too many men. That's too many men. We need some ladies. Too many men's is. So I'm glad that uh, Xander uh, is into the ladies. <laughs> All right. Hot take. All right, guys. That was our gayest moment of the season. And now we're going to move into spoil like overt specific spoiler territory so i don't think there's probably a lot of people listening to this who haven't seen the whole show and if you are new to buffy the vampire slayer and you're watching the whole season along with us like please let us know because that seems insane to me (laughs) but uh all right uh, it's just like this 25 year old tv show and they're Uh, watching it for the first time and they're watching it along with this podcast that has like 14 listeners a week (laughs) like oh my god please let me know it would be nice to hear from you if you are out there listening for the first time yeah exactly Uh, before we get to the spoilers, like the reason I chose, I said I wanted to make this spoiler free was not necessarily for listeners who might be watching for the first time. It was mostly so that I could get an experience of like talking with someone and other people about the series. Like it is sort of trying to emulate watching it as it airs. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's completely impossible because I have seen most of the entire series. Right. But... It's just, I I like the idea that, like, when you're watching this, like, you didn't know all this stuff was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you wouldn't be talking. I just wanted to keep the conversation focused on, like, the current stuff. Right. And just, like, a little, little stuff about what we know. So, now we will start with overt spoilers. So, go away. Go if away. You, if if you... you don't want spoilers, <laughs> now is the time. Yes. Alarm. Wait. Warning. 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 <laughs> yes. This. Kevin Malone. Yes, Kevin Malone. All right. That's going to be Kevin Malone. Spoiler warning. We'll go throughout the show. <laughs> if we ever do one. Uh, okay. Warning. Warning. Yes. So let's start with season two. Uh, what are you most looking forward to from season two, Zach? Well, I think it would have to be Angelus. Yeah, Angelus. Huge part of the show. Yeah, I mean, big catalyst for like seasons two and three. Right. And it's kind of the moment that he uh, starts being the most interesting. 
Yeah, because like <laughs> even before, I I don't know a lot about before Angelus. I think season two, maybe I've seen. I'm probably seen most of the episodes. I'm not really sure. I'm interested to. I think it happens about really watch way through. Yeah. So like, I really. I don't know a whole lot about Angel, I feel like. And I think season two, I might discover, like season one, that most of the episodes I haven't seen. Oh, there's another uh, big thing. Uh, uh, let me ask you. Let me let me get yours first I, uh, okay. before I say another one. Let's I'm really one. excited for Halloween. Nice. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited for Halloween. The Duchess of Buffonia. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the new listeners will uh, finally understand. Uh, I'm super excited for Halloween and I'm just excited to see Buffy kill her boyfriend and send him to hell. <laughs> wow. All right. I, uh, I'm just excited be for, worried for my own safety. I'm excited for the drama of it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, uh, am looking forward to, okay. I'm going to piggyback off of that yeah. before I say the one I was going to say. I'm looking forward to Xander telling Buffy that Willow said to kick his ass. I was going to say. to pay off later in like season six or seven. I, yeah, I was going to say I'm excited to roast Xander for being a gigantic fucking terrible person But you asshole. know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. In like, it's six or seven. I don't remember when exactly. Uh-huh. She's like, kick she, his ass. No, she's like, yeah, she's talking to Willow. She's like, remember what you said, Willow? Kick his ass. And she's like. I never said that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's really quick moment that you would. Anyway, I love that setup. It <laughs> will pay off much later. Um, I am really looking forward to the introduction of Spike and Drusilla. Yes. Oh my God, Drusilla. I'm Drusilla makes it okay that Darla is gone. Oh yeah, Drusilla is great, and uh, yeah, <laughs> she's just so interesting and like expands the universe a lot because you get this like. How vampires can have specific powers, uh-huh. and they come from before they were killed. Right. I'm pretty sure the Drusilla backstory is in that. Sh- I mean, it's definitely alluded to, if nothing mm-hmm. else. And uh, there's definitely more in Angel, but I'm pretty sure that episode is there where it shows, it goes back and it like shows Angel like changing her and mm-hmm. like torturing her and fucking with. I'm her excited stuff. to see the Anointed One die. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also. Ex- I- that was one of my favorite things about how they like they set him up so much, and then Spike just kills him in like the first episode. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm also excited to see like the breakdown of Spike and Drusilla's relationship, and then for him to come back in season three and be all mopey the entire right. time <laughs> for like one episode. <laughs> I don't think he's just in one episode. I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's Isn't just in season- one episode. Oh, of season, season three. three. I keep thinking season three is season four. There are very stark differences yeah, between yeah, those yeah. two. <laughs> Listen, and I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for it. I actually really love season four, like the col- the early college part. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get into the weeds of the initiative, not so much. <laughs> I'm excited. I am very excited to rewatch season four here. I do like the the early bits of them, like getting used to going to college and everything. Because season four is like oh. where I pretty much have seen all of the episodes. Because uh, I, I that's kind of where I jumped in on your last rewatch mm-hmm. because I was like, I know I think I hate season four, but I want to watch the whole thing. And that's when I like really watched all the episodes. Right. Uh, well, Oz. Yes, Oz comes in season in season two. two. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Someone on TikTok today commented on one of my TikToks and they were like, Oz was obviously bisexual and they wouldn't let him be. And I was like, I'll be watching out for that. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he has the energy. 
Mm-hmm. Oz is like the only good man in this entire series <laughs> for for a, a couple seasons at least. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to season four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to look into too, like why he left the show. I'm I'm curious if it was like mm-hmm. they really genuinely wanted to write him off, or if he like. Well, I think they wanted to make Willow gay. Else. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't have to write him off the show to do that. That's true. Um. Yeah. Uh. One episode I cannot wait to talk about, even though it'll probably be. I don't know if it'll be the first episode where I cry, <laughs> but I will probably cry when we talk about it. The body. Oh yeah. That is so are we moving past episodes. season two now? Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> well, we were already in season four. Yeah, we already second. we just kept talking. We we'd talk about something in season two and then extend it to a later season. Yeah, sorry. We are... the, the one other specific season two thing I wanted to say is I'm excited to like really examine the weird idea of like Buffy changing completely as a person when she has sex. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'll be an interesting discussion. The world being different for her. Yeah. Yeah, I. That'll be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other big stuff. Well, uh, Kendra. <gasps> Kendra! How could I have forgotten Kendra? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I always want to do the accent, but I don't want to because it, it feels racist. I mean, so she's I there for a few episodes and then she dies. So. What? It makes sense that she. Oh. What? That I forgot about her sometimes. Oh, I thought you were explaining that it was okay for me to do oh, the accent. No, no, like, no, what? no, no. Absolutely do not do the yeah. accent. Anyway. <laughs> but Kendra's a pretty great character, actually. I mean, she's very limited yeah, in right. what we get to see about her. But, she's but fun. her introduction is like the whole, like, ooh, there can be, there's now two yeah. slayers. Yeah, ex- like exploration of the slayer concept and uh-huh. like how it can be. I just love, because it's like, I'm going to talk about this when we get there, but it's like, I, it's really cool to me how it's not like the avatar because mm-hmm. like the avatars there's like, like a specific spirit that goes from not, your body as in avatar the last airbender yes <laughs> yes from your body uh when you die to someone else's right. body and then we'll also get to talk about like so like has this never happened before yeah that's an interesting <laughs> thought too i but. guess they didn't have i guess cpr wasn't wasn't as widely known mm-hmm <laughs> Or so yeah, I'm excited for that. Just nobody died in such a way that they could be brought back. So beyond season two, uh, can you think of anything in season one that has effects like way into the future? Hmm. I'm thinking of nightmares. I I know that the season four finale is all like in everyone's dreams, and I'm pretty sure Willow is in like a similar like opera stage situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that reaches out and comes back. Um, I can't, gosh, I should have made a list or something, but they're a little, uh, Buffy's one of her biggest fears being dying and well, yeah. failing as the slayer and she uh, dies, but it's not cause she failed as a slayer. It's cause she did the right thing as a slayer. Right. I mean, the right thing as a person, maybe the right thing as a slayer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Would the right thing as a slayer have been, have been to throw Dawn into the portal? I don't know. Talk about it some more. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Anyway. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> Uh, there are so many little lines though that kind of get thrown out and then they come back around later oh yeah like the stuff you were talking about that are lyrics from once more with feeling what do they need so many legs for anyway yes what do they need all those uh, what what they need such good eyes for anyway yeah um 
obviously looking forward to once more with feeling. Oh, and obviously uh, Buffy dying. I I consider uh, the precursor to the best line in Once More with Feeling. Hey, hey I've died, died twice. twice. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And she looks at the camera too, I think, when right. she's doing it. Yes, breaking that fourth wall. Uh-huh. Kind of. Well, no, she's singing it to the kitchen. She breaks the fourth wall where she says... I mean, uh, if she's looking at the camera, she's breaking the fourth wall, whether or not she's talking about character, talking to characters. I mean... Yeah. The fourth wall is literally the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the more the the much more overt. Wait, is she looking at the camera though? Do you know that might? I th- actually anyway, I don't think she does. Over- well, now that you mention it, I don't think she does that in that line. I think she does it yeah. in uh, when she's, something to sing about. Yeah, because she's like, and you can and sing you can along, <laughs> family and friends on the joint. <laughs> yes, I don't know the words. Oh my god, the episode that. is so fucking good. I listened to the soundtrack like a month ago and I cried. I was like, just, oh my god, they've been so through through so much. I just thought about something I want to say, but I can't say it until we talk about the next episode because I want. Hopefully you'll be surprised. Oh, I am so glad uh, that just brought back to me. Okay, so I mentioned that Teacher's Pet was not my least favorite ending in the entire series, even though it is fucking horseshit. What do you think is my least favorite ending of an episode in the entire series? I will give you hints. Okay, first hint. Okay, first hint. It is not in the first three seasons. Season four, probably. Is it something about the initiative? Nothing to do with the initiative. But it's in season four. I didn't say that. Okay, well, I'm asking. <laughs> oh, it is not in season four. Okay. <laughs> oh, you said it's not in the first four seasons. I said three seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so not it's in season not four, four, so now seasons. we're narrowing it down. <laughs> okay, it's in season Wait. six. Okay, season six. Least favorite ending of an episode. Uh... It's not Tabula Rasa. Is it's it? incredibly Buffy centric. It's Buffy. Oh, oh, that with Spike. Nope. No. Nope. Oh. What? It's another one of those like horror movie like whoa endings. There's. It's an episode with a demon. That has a very specific power. It's not once more of feeling. No. Demon. No, that one has a great ending. Demon. Oh, is it the invisible one? Nope. I have no idea. <laughs> it's normal again. What is that? Normal again is the one where she gets like drugged by that demon to think she's crazy. <gasps> oh, right. And then there's like the ending is like, mm-hmm, oh, but mm-hmm. was it all fake? Oh, yeah. God, I hate it so much. Yeah, that's my least favorite one. Yeah. I just, that's a concept in like um, kind of fantasy shows that is explored in different ones. And I that's, never like those episodes. I mean, in like, there was an episode if, of for it to like really mean anything. It has to be at the very end. Like you can't have any more after that. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it more in two and a half years when we get to season six or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's my least favorite ending of an episode ever. All right. One other thing from season one that kind of makes its way through the whole series is Xander being attracted to monsters and <laughs> specifically demons. But yes. Uh, that it's not a demon in the first season. It's just a praying mantis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who just happens to be giant 
and also just happens to be able to turn into a woman. Yes, of course. And because. then it, and then of course it uh, it culminates in Anya. Mhm. Anya, Anyanka. Am I crazy? Wait, I, is she in season 2? No, she's season not. Three. She doesn't happen until season 3, yeah. The Wish, yeah. Have to wait so long. I know. Imagine being me waiting for freaking Tara. Oh my god. Nah. I'm so excited for Tara. I'm so excited for Willow to be gay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we're constantly tiptoeing around it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sometimes overtly saying it and having to cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm so excited for Willow to be gay. I'm excited for Dawn to come in in season five. Good old Umad. Uh I'm excited for Buffy to die again and <laughs> jokes to happen about it. Yeah. And then for her to be really depressed. Just kidding. I'm not excited for that. But I'm excited for Willow TV. to start exercising her witchy powers. Yes. She does that in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know Is how far in season, season two. two or three? Gingerbread's in season three. Hmm. I hate gingerbread. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't like hate. I don't, I don't know. But hate's kind of strong, but I don't really like gingerbread that much. You mean the episode or the, the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Ginger, no, gingerbread. The food is fine. <laughs> um, I can't yeah. think of anything else that like makes its way from season one through. We might recognize it as we go on, though. Right. All right. So uh, that's all I can think of to talk about even further seasons than season two. So it's time to get to our podcast reflections. Yes, podcast reflections. All right. Uh, it's been a few months of recording this stuff. What's been your favorite part, Zach? Well, I really liked all the development stuff we did on the front end where we were like uh-huh. planning for it. That was really fun. And uh, I liked writing the little theme music and yes. the memoriam thing. And the in-memoriam has kind of become my favorite little segment. I love the in-memoriam. So um. I just love it when you stop the music. <laughs> yeah. Well, we often have... Uh, <laughs> we have little asides. Yeah. <laughs> so lends itself to that. But uh, yeah, I think those little things. And then, of course, just like combing through and seeing all these new details for me even mm-hmm. is really fun in finding the trivia facts. Yeah. What about you? Uh, just in general, like I often will watch, read something... And I'll just think about it in my brain and have conversations with myself and never talk about it to anyone. (laughs) And it's just nice to, you know, say them with my voice and have a conversation with someone about it. And which is like, you can, I feel like you can tell that I don't usually talk about these things with people because I am really self-indulgent in our conversations (laughs) and I ramble a whole lot. I think we both ramble a whole lot. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you're not the only rambler in this house. We are both quite ramblers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We are both uh, trying to make sure, trying to reel it in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hopefully, we'll we'll continue to improve and only have good rambles. Right. I also really... So, something I just love in movies and TV shows, especially ones that are really well-crafted, is I love the little details. Yes. And the little like Easter eggs and little kind of like things that they put in the background that, you know, you're probably not going to see if you're watching it live, mm-hmm. but like that you can pick up on like a the nerf herder. Yeah. Or just things that are like subtly cueing you to things. Yeah. I, I love finding that and, and noticing it. And it's that's that's one of the most exciting parts about rewatching mm-hmm. the show. I agree. 
Uh, has your outlook on the show as a whole or any of the characters changed? Uh, not really. I not that sorry. Not the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel much the same. <laughs> Willow was my favorite. Xander pisses me off. Um, he pisses me off probably more than even he did before. I actually did not recognize how annoying Xander was until your last rewatch. And then I was like, mm-hmm. why the fuck is he? He's like dating someone else and like telling Buffy he wants to fuck her. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this man? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, as far as characters, not so much. There's not a ton. I mean, it's kind of fun like watching things like... Uh, Jenny Calendar and like knowing mm-hmm. about who she really is and stuff like that because we're you know having that knowledge and being able to watch out for little things that kind of pop up like Giles yeah. something about Giles trusting her when they first met mm-hmm. part of their conversation little fun things like that um, but as far as the show it actually has improved <laughs> my opinion of the show yeah and I already really loved it so like going back and diving deep into like the episodes like i like i said i had always skipped nightmares because i was like eh, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. and i've gotten new appreciation for those episodes what yeah. about you i well first of all i would just say that like you know there's this mythology that season one is just terrible and awful and no one should like you should just watch a couple episodes and skip the rest mm-hmm. i i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i'm not gonna do that the next time i rewatch this because I enjoyed watching them. I think I will enjoy watching them again. Yeah. And there are many good episodes. I always say season one is a little crunchy for like, when I'm saying that I'm thinking more about visuals because uh-huh. I know today like people are so obsessed with right. like graphics and computer it's effects. It's like the gamer bro not accepting anything below 300 FPS right. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> a friend of a friend, uh, I always heard this story that would make me laugh, uh, or a brother of a friend actually, had this friend that said he wouldn't watch movies unless they were in HDX because they gave him <laughs> a headache. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I think that's hilarious. That's so silly. And um, if you are that friend and you just happen to be listening to this podcast, please write in. Cause be hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... <laughs> I... Uh, crap. Brain, brain fart. Okay, I'm back. So... That's the part I kind of try to warn people about is like, don't try to watch it with today's eye for yeah. looks. Like, mm-hmm. that'd be like going back and watching like Mary Poppins or Peace be- Dragon and being like, why doesn't everything right. look super real? It'd be like watching a stage show and expecting like CGI or something. It'd be like you're in eighth, seventh, and an eighth grader watching West Side Story in my musical or in my music appreciation class and me explaining beforehand. This is meant to be like it's seen on stage. It's not meant to be hyper-realistic. But still, when Bernardo gets stabbed, being like, there's not even any blood! It's like trying to explain to people uh, when they're going to watch a musical that, yeah, I know people don't sing like this in real life. It's imaginary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Georges, we're looking at you. (laughs) Yes, Georges. All of you non-musical theater gays, you can fuck off. Just kidding. Okay, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. Dial it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we respect musical theater in this household, but I mean, you're free to not like it. If you don't, there's something bad about you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I d- <laughs> we can't go down this rabbit hole because I'll talk about it for like 20 minutes. We're supposed to be talking about the podcast. Yeah. 
So what about uh, the way we do the podcast? Like, is there something you think might we might change next season or? Uh, I might stop taking keeping track of Xander Hornies because there were less than I expected. Oh, I think you could keep going. We'll see. I think it keeps happening. We'll see. If you really want the Xander Hornies to stay, let me know. Yeah, I mean, they're much more overt in the early part of season one. Absolutely. But after Teacher's Pet, it kind of dries up for a little while. I don't think they go away. Oh, I think it'll still happen in the first episode <laughs> of season one. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm know, definitely keeping the little, little preview out for out. our uh, season two. I mean, little preview for when she was bad. Xander like literally comes in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Has to go home and change. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. what. what I'm trying to think of anything I would want to change. Probably, I don't know. We just got to keep I mean, streamlining it. I think. Yeah, but, I think just once once we hit like Angel, we are you, we sort of started to streamline our discussion a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We've already started to reel in the rambling and the regular episodes. <laughs> the regular episodes. We, I was going to say we, it's very ironic in this episode. Yes, right. And uh, you know, I think we're improving, and I think we and will even continue when we, to do so. Even when we don't uh, reel it in, we edit it out now. <laughs> I yeah, right. I would like to hear more from our listeners. Yes. I know we have more than just Katie and Beto. Thank you, by the way, Katie and Beto, for yes. uh, being the only ones to message us so we, far. We love you. Yeah, we lo- and we love hearing your input. Uh-huh. Things. But uh, if anyone has anything to say about the episodes we're talking about or future episodes that mm-hmm. we'll be talking about soon, just let us know. And uh, I'd like to feature, you know, your thoughts if you have any. Yeah. And they, they can sort of inform some of our discussion. Or even like questions. That would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Like answering questions from people about like our takes or yeah exactly what we think about something or i agree and if you disagree with us absolutely let us know Oh man yeah that would be great Mm -hmm. i would love to roast you as you roast us yes or uh, just Just sit there meekly as i take the roasting (laughs) (laughs) no i i I usually am pretty good about being like no i'm i i understand it isn't defensible but i'm gonna say it anyway right so if you have anything any uh anything to say about season two uh let us know and uh perhaps we'll feature your ideas in an episode we hope to the main thing i hope is to just get more more people listening i want to i want to interact with people about this show i'm super excited about it i'm gonna work to be more active on the instagram Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so zach uh by extension, would you like to let everyone know where they can find us? Sure. You can find us at Buffy Gays Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and the Twitters. Yes. Uh, and you can also find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever fine podcasts are cast. Yes. And give us a five-star rating. That'd be really cool if you would yes, do that. Yes, please. And leave a review if you rate us, if you yeah. feel so inclined. That would be awesome. Yeah, interactions with our content is very helpful. Yeah, and you can also find us at buffygaze at gmail.com. And I don't know if we've even said this before, but... It would be pretty cute if people would share, maybe even. Yeah, please. Like from Spotify, can't you? You can get the link right, and you can mm-hmm. paste it on, on your, uh, you know. Yeah. So if you hear something, media. If you hear something you really like, give someone a timestamp to give them a little sample, or yeah. just you know share us in some way. We'd love that. And if you want to reach out to the olds on Facebook, you could. 
Right. Uh, And also, you can leave us a voice message or a text message if you'd prefer to do it there at anchor.fm slash buffygaze. I want to make sure it's very clear. I'm counting myself in the olds on Facebook. Uh, I just saw a TikTok the other day that was like, I hate it when uh, millennials refer to themselves as an old. And I was like, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. I hate it when people who are like 25. She's the one who. Right. I hate it when people who are like 25 call themselves old. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's where you can find us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Oh, my God. All the audience. (laughs) Yes. So until next week, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. Happy slaying. And we are your Buffy Buffy (laughs) gays. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 